Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Welcome. This is your host, Kurt Sumner, for another edition of Surveyor Says, a podcast series for NSPS. As usual, we have an interesting guest with us today. Our goal is to learn as much as we can about what people are doing, and in particular, when they're doing really, really interesting things. And and Robert Lone is my uh, guest today, and I hope I pronounced pronounced your last name correctly, Robert. Yes, sir. You got it right. <laughs> We're off to a good start. So Robert's one of those people who has a lot of acronyms behind his name. And the first one is the third. So uh, I guess there are a couple of other Robert Loans around someplace. Yeah, but I haven't met any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the acronym, but I didn't meet meet the other Robert Loans. Oh, I see. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask you, I, I saw you had LS as one of your, your licenses, and then I, re- I saw that it was in Wyoming. I was going to originally ask you where that, where that one was, because uh, our, I'm from Virginia, and my Virginia license is an LS. It stands for Licensed Surveyor. I guess that's what it stands for in Wyoming as well. Um, and I don't know how that came to be exactly. Um, licensing in Virginia has been around a long time. They just never changed anything. So a lot of the states changed to PLS after the fact um, later on. And and Virginia was one, one, one of the ones that didn't. And obviously Wyoming was too. Yeah, even though in, uh, in Florida, they used the PSM term. Right. right. Professional survey and mapper. So, I mean, and then Texas, you have the RPLS, PLS. Right. There's, there's, there's a lot a- of different terms. Right, a lot or, of different acronyms. That that's for sure. So now, are you originally from Wyoming? Um, I was born in New York. I grew up in Florida mainly with my grandparents. Once I turned fourteen, and then I basically traveled the whole United States. I've been. I've I worked on the Port of Miami tunnel and then I've worked on projects up in Alaska. So I mean I've been pretty much everywhere. I think like I've only not been to two states in the entire country. So when when I you even, I, I was gonna say when you said that when you said you've been everywhere, you're probably too young to remember a song that was I think it was on the country music charts years and years ago. And the name of the song was I've Been Everywhere, man. Yeah, I've heard that before. And like yeah. I don't know if I've heard the song, but I've heard it in like commercials and such. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a pretty cool song actually. So that that the reason I was asking that question, I was getting to the connection for you attending school in Florida. So that makes perfect sense. That's where you were. Yeah, I I um had a bad childhood, but then I moved in with uh 
my grandparents when I was around 14. And I was still figuring out my way. I, I went to five different high schools. Somehow managed to graduate third in my class or in the top 3% of my class. So, um, I mean, I did all right for, for traveling so much. And like, it, it was just a chaotic, chaotic situation for me, but. So did it, you, when you were getting out of school, were you already thinking surveying at that point or how, how did you get on that track? Um, actually, when I first went to Florida Atlantic, I was thinking about becoming a teacher and I substitute taught for three years and I taught uh, special ed special education classes and and stuff like that. And then I did a few other different jobs and I actually didn't start uh, surveying until about 2006. And I saw like a big billboard where I lived and it said geomatics engineering at FAU. And I, I wound up becoming the first graduate there. So <laughs> I kind of, I kind of fell into it, but. Yeah, uh, well, that, that's, that's a, a unique thing to be the first graduate of a program. That that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, I mean, I've had every job in surveying there is. I mean, I've stood in like the swamp with pole and like drafted and managed projects. I mean, I've done I've done a bunch of everything. So, <laughs> well, and and honestly, that's a really good thing. Um, and and I know a lot of us, yeah, older generation in particular, um, we're we were the same way. We we learned everything there was to know just because that's the way it was. You needed to learn everything because it's whatever situation you might be in. And um, it, it's good to have those experiences because as you move on then and expand your horizons, so to speak, you have that good solid background and you have an understanding of what everybody along the way is going through. And some, sometimes I think we, we kind of miss out on that a little bit by not having those experiences um, before we go to college um, because it's hard to, I don't know, appreciate is probably not the right word, but it, it's, it's hard to, to understand what other people are doing and why they're doing it. And maybe they're not doing it the way you were taught. And, and you just, it can cause a little disconnect sometimes if you haven't really done all those things, I think. Yes, yes, sir. I, I agree with you on that. It's like uh, <clears throat> nowadays people just get a GPS and get sent on a, a job site and they're told to take these points and they don't go through all the stages. And some people spend their whole life in, in the field. Some people are in the office all the time. So there's definitely like a disconnect with, with, uh, people people with different experience levels so it's it's good to know a lot of, a lot about the field so yeah and it's i've always found too that it's really important to appreciate those who choose to to be wherever they are you know you a lot of people have come along and they're 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 
everybody would call technicians these days, but uh, whatever level, if it's an entry level or if it goes on to whatever the different steps are up to being a, a party chief or whatever. Um, and I think it's really important for us to understand that some people really want to do that. They really enjoy doing it. And it's a great profession to be in. Um, and it's, it's not a, a bad thing when people want to do that. It's, it's, it, I think it actually helps out a lot sometimes because you have seasoned people working with you. Yeah, I know for sure it's helped me a lot because I, I started out in college and, uh, it just progressed me along the way. I mean, I, I didn't graduate until 2011 with my uh, bachelor's. And I mean, I started college in 2000 and then I didn't finish my two master's degrees until 2018. So, I mean, I, did, I didn't really take a traditional road. I was always working and going to school at the same time. So, I mean, it was always good to work at different companies and progress and work on different types of projects and, uh, I feel like it, it's only added to my skill set. So, I mean, I'm, I feel pretty good being 39 and having two graduate degrees and three licenses. So, I mean, it's been a rewarding experience having only started about like 14 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, that, I didn't think I, I didn't think I would be that I, I didn't think I would be in this position now, to be honest with you. Like when I first started, I'm like, how am I going to get my license? How am I going to do this? And like, I just took it step by step and figured it out. Yeah, And just looking at, at the information you sent me, you've, you've worked on so many really neat projects that a lot of people never yes, get sir. the opportunity to do. Um, and that has to be exciting, so to speak, to be able to do those kind of things and, and have that diversity in, in your, in your background. Yes, sir. I did like, uh, the 2014 engineering project of the year award, uh, the port of Miami tunnel, which was like a tunnel that was like a hundred, hundred feet underwater and stuff like that. So we had to learn how to deal with that situation i did all the navigation on there I, I was hired on right after school and i didn't have that much experience and i got hired on with another surveyor and they actually chose me to do all the navigation in the tunnel which was kind of uh i, I, I was very happy with and then i did a lot of resection work in there and that was uh i believe it was 43 foot diameter tunnel and then in Colorado, I did a tunnel that was over 10,000 10, feet high. So, and that was an eight foot diameter tunnel, a wood diameter or uh, a wood line tunnel. And I did all my own calculations. I did all my own spreadsheets. I actually wrote all the spreadsheets for the, the wood diameter or, or the wood line tunnel. and. It was hard to do resections in an eight-foot tunnel. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an an interesting thing to do. I I've had a little bit of experience working in tunnels of one sort or the other, but I think my claustrophobia would prevent me from spending a lot of time in doing that kind of thing. 
Yeah, everything's built on line of sight with all the navigation systems. So I always did resections as like a second check and like all my tunnels have came out directly on target. I've wrote my, uh, uh, written my own uh, software to calculate the roll pitch and yaw of the TBMs and figured out how to shoot the TBMs. I measured the shield against the axis when it started. So I knew exactly where it was at when it would start. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, that I figured out on my own, like that were project specific. And I, I just took the extra time to figure them out and, and try to master that craft for a while. And I've done, I've done three or four tunnels and then I've done a lot of monitoring on tunnels. So I've, I've built my own spreadsheets on that. And since I joined Tri-State, I've monitored one tap, one tower. I, I didn't do the actual field work, but I did a lot of the calculation and drafting and such. So, so the monitoring is done, I assume, on some regular basis. We had one in we had one tunnel project in Fort Collins. We had to monitor four times a day. So we'd have these uh, wells set up, and the, we'd have like concreted rods in them. And I'd have uh, the surveyor resection off the rods and then shoot in the, the 18 or so points that are along the track or whatever. But that one was kind of difficult because the, the train was moving at all at some time. So we had to kind of like plan it and then make sure our setup was far enough away from the, from the track so we didn't have any uh, um, uh error from that so i mean it, it takes a lot of planning to do to do those projects so oh yeah the the one one of the ones that kind of interested me was the pedestrian tunnel you were, that you mentioned that the fossil creek tunnel was that a tunnel that was built specifically for that purpose or was it sort of a a remake like in the mountains of virginia where i grew up they have bike paths and that kind of thing on old railroad tracks that went through tunnels um so that I was, was actually a hand dug tunnel they oh, actually wow. dug it they used the shield, but they actually dug it with like a machine and stuff like that. And that was one of the ones that we had a little bit of, uh, we had the ballast kind of drop a little bit in the railroad. So that, that was the one that we actually had to monitor four times a day. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting project. So. So with all of that background and, of course, you've done a lot of tunnel work, but you've done other work as well. I'm just, I was curious about your your thought process moving forward. You know, where where does Robert want to go with his career? And obviously, for like most of us, there's probably things you'd love to do that you haven't done yet. Well, uh, I definitely, I, I teach at University of Wyoming as well. I love teaching the, the kids there and like, working with the students there so that's something i can build on i have two mass well well i have a graduate certificate and a master's degree i always wanted to be a phd and i had the opportunity a few years back the university of florida offered me a phd position and i wound up staying here because my daughter lives here so i mean i'm not sure that'll happen. I mean, I'm 39. I still have some time to figure out 
exactly what I want. I know I want to get my sea fed, but with all the craziness of the coronavirus right now, I I have so many more students online. I have a lot of work. I just moved in the last week and I'm like, it's just, I'm trying to like catch up and fig figure out my next move. <laughs> How do you, I know but that I, a lot of, I know a lot of the schools have been doing online for quite a while. And then of course with COVID coming along, a lot of other people have to kind of get used to that. Um, I, I'm just curious about in terms of interacting with your students and sort of keeping the vibe going. Is that, is it difficult or is it, is it actually um, as good or better than in person? Um, I don't, I don't mind the, the interaction over, over uh, like zoom and such like that. I mean, I've been doing that since 2016. So that's not a big uh, change for me. My survey classes have grown like, uh, I remember when I started teaching, I'd only have a few students, three or four students. And now I have like 20 plus students in my classes. So I guess I'm doing something right. Or we, 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 we don't, uh, I teach all the advanced classes. So, I mean, it's kind of a hit or miss or whatever, but it seems like now, now I've, I've been getting a lot more students and the words, spreading with the with the program and everything's going good and I really enjoy working with the people there everyone there is like very nice and friendly people so so are the is the the courses that you're working with there uh, at the university are all of those students within a surveying program or do you have some students that are just taking these courses maybe they're in some piece of engineering or something or all of them targeted toward licensure as surveyors um, I think, I think it's half and half because I teach a civil engineering drafting class, which, uh, not, I don't think any of them are targeted for surveying, sure. but they learn a little bit about it. And then I teach, uh, land subdivision and platting. I teach advanced surveying. I teach route surveying. So it's kind of, it's kind of 50, 50. Some of them are, are are there to get licensed and some of them are there just to start their engineering career. So, I mean, I get, I get the kind of gamut of students and experience levels. Sorry about that. I had a guy taking a hydrographer certification exam this morning and he just finished. <laughs> so I had to send him down the hall. So <laughs> I probably finished too early. I, this, you told me it took like several hours to finish though. Yeah, it's, that one's a three-hour exam, generally. Um, oh, nice. That nice. particular one. Uh, they have some others that are, are longer. And, of course, we have our certified survey technician um, exams as well. And most of those are, um, well, they can be anywhere from three three hours to up a little bit. But uh, it's always interesting when people come into the office to, to take the exams. And it's gotten more and more commonplace now because people aren't holding meetings anymore for them to be able to go or, you know, they don't want to gather a lot of people together. So we've, we've had a lot of people coming in individually to the office. So. Yes, sir. So it's not obviously not the same scenario that, that you're in, but uh, 
certainly of interest. So I'm curious when you when you look at your background and the career that you're in and the things that you're doing, um, what what's on your I want to do this list um, moving ahead? Yeah, like like I said, uh, I would like to get the the CFED license and possibly get another master's degree or or possibly get a PhD. I mean, it's it's all in the works. I don't I don't think I'm going to get any more survey licenses unless something happens and I I leave and go somewhere else. But I I love the company that I work for, so. I don't see any more licenses in my future, and I, I basically have licenses where all where where we do our work. So I mean, I I feel comfortable with that aspect. So, so with with all the work that you've done, all these really cool, exciting projects, have you had an opportunity very much to work on just basic land surveying, like most surveyors, where you're surveying properties? Yeah, I've done taping houses from Malta surveys, from oil and gas right aways. I mean, I, I, I think I've pretty much done about every type of survey you can do. I mean, uh, I haven't done any of those like high speed train rail projects and stuff like that. But other than that, I, I, I've done bridges and Pretty, pretty much everything. I mean, I, I feel like I could survey w whatever's needed to be surveyed. So it's just about getting good control and then figuring out the plans and digesting the information. So is, is the company's reach nationwide? Uh, where I work now, we have uh, like three main states we operate in, and then we have two that we sent, we have just uh, plants and such. So, I mean, we're, we're not nation, national wide company. So we're more of like a Colorado, New Mexico, Wyoming is our main, main area. So I just got the Wyoming license. That thing was definitely a, a difficult, difficult test there. <laughs> <laughs> So have you gotten involved in any of the, the surveying societies where you are? Um, I, I've kind of been too busy with working two jobs and then I have my own, uh, I, I have a daughter and a dog and it's just like, I haven't had time to invest in that. I want to work with the getting kids into survey program. I do a lot of volunteer stuff as far as like feeding the homeless and helping out people less fortunate than me. But uh, as far as getting involved with the, the state societies and such, I have not done that, which is something I should do. A lot of my continuing ed always goes to uh, my teaching. So I, I don't need all, a lot of the continuing continuing ed that people go to those classes for so well you mentioned to get kids into survey you know nsps is connected to that that program as well we're the sort of the distributor for the posters here but um it, it's encouraging to hear 
that you, that you have that desire to to be involved in that that project, but not just get kids in the survey project, but the whole concept of getting kids in the survey. And and I think you're in a a little bit of a unique situation in doing so, just because of the background that you have when you when you're going to go talk to to kids about getting in the survey. You have a I'm not going to say a, a more broad experience, but a, a bit of a different experience than a lot of us who are are what we call, you know, we refer to ourselves as land surveyors. But you have that opportunity to show them their this other side, so to speak. So, you know, have, yeah. having have, being able to have that voice that that's that's really good. Yeah, and then with my mental disability, I'm bipolar, so like a lot of people like write off people that that are different but i mean i took the mensa exam and i'm in like the top three percent of iq i mean i can handle a lot of stuff and i mean i can handle two jobs i live by myself i have a daughter i mean people will kind of like frown on that but i mean sometimes uh weakness is like strength to some people so and like we learn how to manage <laughs> yeah well that that's certainly uh laudable to be able to have that perspective about it that you see it as a um, an, an advantage rather than a disadvantage and that, yes, that's, that's very laudable for sure so if you were to throw out advice about how one should follow their dreams, so to speak. It seems like you're sort of the poster child for for looking at all these different opportunities and, and taking them on. And uh, apparently I've done so with a lot of good success. Um, so uh, I'd be interested in your perspective on how you might, when you talk about get kids in the survey, what, what you might tell them. I would just like let them know that I've been told no before and I failed in certain aspects and I've I've had a difficult life but I keep pushing forward and as long as you keep getting up and and, and doing what you're supposed to do you're going to be successful and people will realize how like your work ethic and such so yeah well that's that's very laudable and uh, I really appreciate you joining me today to, to tell your story and to share information with our listeners about um, the types of surveys that sometimes people don't focus on, don't think about. Even the ones of us who are working in the in the profession don't really see the other side sometimes. And then just to hear your experience as well is 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 certainly inspirational. So thanks so much for for joining me today. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on the show and. Uh... If you ever need anything from me or want me to get involved with any of the programs, you can email me or call me or text me. So you have my info. So yeah, well, <laughs> don't we'll be a stranger. Yeah, we'll certainly do that. <laughs> Thanks again for being. I don't. I don't, I don't mind doing public speaking and and helping out. So I mean, whatever whatever you guys need, I, I'm willing to help you guys. So. Well, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Hope to talk to you soon. Uh, you're, you're welcome, sir. You have a good day. You too.
You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.